0: I said, "You can have all the time you want." (laughs) This is something new for me because uh, I don't think I've ever been up here just. I'll say solo, and I kept this morning. I was saying, "Mike, I should text somebody and, hey, I'm going solo today, or I'm by myself, so pray for me." And every time I went to go like write the text, I heard God say, "You're not alone. You're not alone." like no I know I'm not alone I know everybody's here and God's with me but like I'm, I'm solo he's like you're not solo I'm like well I kind of am he's like but you're not and it's because it's not a me show and it's not about me and it's not even about me and Pastor Brian it's not about Pastor Michael it's not about Pastor Michael and Alva it's not about any of us it's about God and what God can do and God moving in this place amen All right, so, how many of you guys have been enjoying fasting? (laughs) Okay, I see one hand, one hand. (laughs) Um, So today officially was our last um, day of intermittent fasting, and uh, tomorrow officially starts our three-day full fast. So tomorrow night we're going to be starting, uh, we're going to kick it off with our lighthouse prayer tomorrow night at 710, And then we are going to uh, be doing live prayer during the three-day fast at 7 a.m., 12 noon, and then 7 p.m. So if you guys want to join us, it'll be on Facebook and YouTube, I think. It'll be on one of those or both of those. It'll be there. Um, So that is that. We are excited. And then we are going to finish it off by coming to the Holy Thursday service on uh, Thursday, I'm really excited. I'm excited for what God is gonna do. I just, I feel his presence in this place this morning. And I'm gonna tell you guys, just kind of coming here this morning, I'm gonna take this ring off, sorry. Um, Coming here this morning and I'm thinking like, it's such a different day, it's such an off kind of feeling day. But I know enough to know that when it feels a little bit off, or it feels a little bit strange, or it feels a little bit weird, that I can say, God, I know that you're picking things up and you're moving in this place, so we're just gonna trust him, see what he does. Um, Every time I get to page two of my notes, I kinda throw them out, and I just kinda go off on what, um, I don't know, so we'll see what comes out today. Nonetheless, Pastor Michael sends his love, he's off doing some more training with the Navy, Um, and then Pastor Brian sends his love, he's not here today, I actually forced him to stay home. Oddly enough, we're preaching on healing today and uh, he was sick this last week and i just said it wasn't wise for him to be here because there's wisdom in things too even though we walk in god's healing there's still wisdom that we need to walk in as well amen so nonetheless since he's not here i'm going to take this liberty and i'm going to tell a story about him and he's not here to stop me so <laughs> no i'm kidding no i am going to tell a story about him but i'm kidding he does know that i'm going to say this story and he was actually gonna say the story while he was here and if you guys don't mind I'm just gonna carry my notes because I feel like it's a little comfort thing for me um, but Pastor Brian how many of you guys know that he was born with a birth defect yeah you knew. <laughs> not everybody knows but he's missing his pectoral muscle and so for as long as I've known him he has been in need of a pectoral muscle and as for as long as I've known him he has expected that a pectoral muscle is going to regrow in that spot and i'm going to tell you here we are 40 something years later he still doesn't have a pectoral muscle yet but he's still standing in faith for that to happen and you know um just as we are preaching on healing today it's uh one of those things that is more of a sensitive subject it's one of those things where it can be a little bit touchy and a little bit hard to understand, and it brings up questions like, why not? Why hasn't it happened yet? And when is it gonna happen? Have you guys ever felt that or asked that question? Like, just, when is this gonna happen, you know? By the way, I talked to Pastor Howie, and I said, if I needed a break for a second, I would just call him up here. <laughs> You know when there's two of you up here you can take a break and take a sip of water but when there's only one of you i don't know how do people do it like this pastor michael how do you do this just just take a sip there we go but anyways it it, it brings up a lot of questions you know and we really ask a lot of things like when is this going to happen why hasn't it happened yet at this point point? and so today what i want to kind of approach from is asking god to illuminate of these hidden things because there may be things that are going on that we don't really realize and that may be why we haven't been healed yet but because it's a sensitive subject because it is hard to deal with this like i'm sure all of you guys have experienced somebody who has maybe passed on or struggled with a disease or struggled with something that they didn't experience freedom from i want to start off and pray okay you guys pray with me Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. God, we just invite you here in this place, and we just ask that you open up our eyes to be able to see what you are saying to us, what you are showing us, Father. I ask that you open up our ears right now in Jesus' name so that we can hear your word and that we can apply it to our own life, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are illuminating things to us and that we can walk in your freedom, that we can walk in your wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is the last um, message on our series of Salvation Brings. And today we were talking about salvation brings healing. And so I want to kind of just talk a little bit on salvation here for a minute. How many of you guys know that salvation is a free gift that God has offered to us? It is something that, you know, he didn't require us to do uh, to pay something for it. We don't have to show a bunch of actions and stuff, but there is something that we do have to do in order to be saved. Do you guys know what it is? We have to receive it. There's an action on our part. So even though we don't have to put actions to, and, and we're not saved through actions, there is an action that we have to take part in in order to be saved. You see, Christ died on the cross and he, he made a way for redemption immediately when he died on the cross. He redeemed mankind. So he made it available to each and every one of us, but not everybody in this world is saved. Why is that? Because not everybody has received it yet, right? So that, that also goes for freedom. We know we've been talking about uh, salvation brings freedom. And in John 8 32 to 36, it says, And you will know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin and slave, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And so it's the same thing for freedom. He made a way on the cross for us to be free. But I bet you you guys can even look out your window and see that even Christians aren't necessarily walking in full freedom, Right? And this is something that really we have to be able to receive it. We have to be able to accept it. Now, it doesn't negate the work of the cross. It doesn't change the power of what happened when Jesus died on the cross. But, and so even though it's promised to us, we still have to reach out and we have to accept it. We have to apply it to our own life. And so I want to read a couple of scriptures just in terms of healing. We have First Peter 2.24. It says, who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Do Do you notice there that it says, by whose stripes you were healed? You were healed. So in the moment that Jesus died on the cross, when he was whipped, when he was lashed, when he was shamed, when he was broken, when his blood flowed out, you were healed in that moment and so we have to be able to receive it we have to like we need to find out how is it that we can walk completely in that healing and this is something i just want to put a little bit of a A precursor here, even while I'm talking about this, I don't want this to be a condemning message. I don't want this to be a message that you guys feel that is, um, like, full of condemnation because that is not what this is. What this message is meant to be is for each individual person to open up their heart, to look in their own heart and say, okay, God, is this something that I deal with, and is this something that needs to change in my life? I don't want you guys looking around and saying, well, I know this person who wasn't healed, and so it's probably because of this reason. It's probably because of this reason. We're not doing that today. I don't even want you guys to look around at the people around you. I want you to just look inside your own heart and say, God, speak to me. And in some of these questions, maybe some of these questions you'll ask, and you'll say, you know what? This doesn't actually pertain to me, this question. I don't struggle with this. Or maybe I'm going to ask a question, and you're going to say, you know what? This is something that I deal with. And so at the end, we're gonna have an opportunity to pray for that. But God's kingdom always operates in faith and obedience. We can see in Hebrews 11, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Wow, do you hear that dead air? It's like when everything's quiet, does it make you nervous when everything's just quiet? They're, they're listening, they're listening. That's good, good, keep listening. Every time I pick up my water bottle, just laugh or do something like that, okay? Yeah. Good, 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 good. Okay, so um, the kingdom of God, it all operates in faith. So Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then we also see in Hebrews ten thirty eight Now the just shall live by faith but if anyone draws back my soul has no pleasure in him and so we need to understand that faith is a big part of our everyday life it should be a big part of our everyday life and just because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we know he did and we know the power that is in that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're walking out the manifestation of that of those benefits right so we need to be able to reach out. Just as Pastor Howie was talking with the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out and she grabbed hold of his garment. And then, uh, obedience is the other thing. So obedience is actually a fundamental part of the Christian of our Christian walk. It's something that we can't we can't get by with. And a lot of times, you know. You hear a lot of Christians that'll say, well, don't be legalistic about this. And it's true. We don't want to be legalistic about things. But the truth is, is that God has called us as believers to obey his word, to know his word, to follow his word. And there's, um, Pastor Rick knows this more than I do, but there's so many if-then statements in the word of God. If you do this, then this. And um, so I just want to read... James one twenty two says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Do you guys hear this? This is, this one, just like it's, every time I read it, I feel like it hits me more and more. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's implying that if you know the word of God, you hear it, but you don't do what it says, then you're walking in deception. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to walk in deception. I don't want to be one of those ones who is just walking around thinking that I've got everything together. Meanwhile, I'm not even following the word of God. Lord, let my life be a complete reflection of who you are. And so obedience is a fundamental truth of Christianity. And as a follower of Christ, we need to incorporate obedience with our faith. Amen? So today we're going to talk about revealing some of the hidden things that can unlock our healing in, um, in life, in this life that we live. Because we know, you know, when we die and we go to heaven, if we are saved, if we've received Christ as our, as our Lord and Savior, we know we're going to heaven. We know we're going to have new bodies. We know that we are going to be made perfect. But what about here on earth? And I believe that if we can know some of the truths and we can apply them to our life, then we can walk a little bit more in that healing. So I want to talk about unbelief. And unbelief really is rejection of a free gift, right? God has given us something, and if we're not believing, he's given us his word, if we're not believing his word, then we're rejecting that free gift that he's given to us. And so unbelief actually means, and I'm going to try to say this word, incredulity, an unwillingness to believe. This is why I kept it in there, because that part hit me an unwillingness to believe or skepticism, especially in matters of religious faith. What is it saying here? Is that if God's word says something and I read it, I'm like, meh, you know, I don't know if it was really like that. Or if I say, you know, let's take the, where they, um, Jesus fed the 5,000. If I take that, I'm like, well, you know, it was likely that they only took a small little piece. You know, you try to reason things out that's what this is this is unbelief and this is something that can hinder our um, hinder our healing we know the the process of cue laughter great job great job <laughs> so we know when Jesus went back to preach in his hometown he was um, he wasn't even received in his own own hometown, and they didn't believe, receive him as who he was, for who he was. And he went with this great intent to be able to do all of these mighty miracles, but yet when he got there, what does it say? He could do only a few things, right? And so, um, because, and it says, actually, this is Matthew 13, 58. Now, he did not do, now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And so that unbelief can really take place in a few different ways. Number one, that you don't believe straight up what the Word of God says. And you know, this one, it it seems pretty straightforward, okay? You know, if you just don't believe what the Word of God says. But how many know if you don't know what the Word of God says, how are you going to believe what the Word of God says? So unless you're actually getting into the Word, and you're studying the Word, and you're meditating in the Word, and you're spending time in His presence, getting to know who He is, how His character is, how are we going to know what we're aligning our faith with? How are we going to know what his promises say? How are we going to know what he says? And how are we going to know these if then statements? How are we going to apply them to our life if we don't even know? And so this is one way that unbelief presents itself is not believing what the word of God says. Another thing is that you don't believe that it applies to you. So, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, some of the things that we'll talk about, you'll Kind of just decide if this is something that pertains to you or not or that this may be something that you know it does pertain to you but when it comes to the truth of the word of god everything pertains to all of us the word of god is not just specific for one person not for another person and so if we read something in the word of god and we reject it because we're like Meh, it doesn't really apply to me then that is in that area of unbelief the third thing And this is where I feel like it really gets sensitive, because this is where I feel that it's hard, especially for Christians, is lost hope due to past disappointments. A lot of people say, if it didn't happen then, when I needed it, then it can't be true. Because if it was true, then it would have happened when I needed it. And that's a hard thing, because we don't have all the answers as to why or how, or when, or anything like that. We don't even have all the answers for the purposes of things. And this is one of those things. um, God is who he says he is god is never changing god is always the same yesterday today and forever and so he was the same god who's doing miracles in the old testament he's the same god that's doing miracles in the new testament and he's the same god that was doing miracles in the early church he is the same god that we are serving today that is going to do miracles that is doing miracles here in our time in the generation that you live in and so we have to understand that God is unchanging. He is not a God who changes his mind. We were actually talking about that this morning because I had first said that I wanted to have a headset for a microphone, and then I feel like this is more my comfort level. So So then I changed my mind and I said, I changed my mind, I would like a handheld. And then they were all making fun of me for changing my mind. And I said, actually, we're gonna talk about this because as human beings, we change our mind a lot but God does not ever change his mind. He is who he said he is. As a matter of fact, in Numbers twenty-three nineteen, it says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do, or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? These are powerful words, because God is who he says he is. And this is one of those things, when we have an expectation for something, how many of you have ever had an expectation for something before? So at the moment of expectation, and then there's another moment when, uh, when it comes to pass, Okay, when you see it happen, there is a space between there. In that space, it could be a short space, it could be a long space, but you know that space is very fertile ground, and so when you have an expectation, whatever you plant In this area, between your expectation and the manifestation of your expectation, whatever you plant in there will grow. 100% it will grow. 100% of the time, it will grow roots that are very deep. It will grow strength that is very strong. But you know, you have the choice whether you're going to plant unbelief or whether you're going to plant belief. And this is where the question even comes up is, at what point do I give up on my miracle at what point do I say you know what it's just not for me it's not something that you know maybe maybe God didn't want to heal me and the answer is this never you never ever give up for your miracle you never do you you always hold on to that because God is faithful God is true he is the one who will always come true to his word He'll never fail us. He will never forsake us. And this is where, when it comes to unbelief, or to that space, we want to be very careful. What are we planting? Because the enemy is going to come in that time when you have that expectation. And the enemy is going to be right there planting those uh, seeds in your mind, giving you those seeds in your mind. He's not planting them. He's giving them to you. And he's saying, here, just take this one. And you know, sometimes we don't even think about it. We just grab those seeds, and then we plant it. You know what? It hasn't happened yet. It's probably not likely going to happen. You know, I've been struggling with this forever. I'm just going to have this pain for the rest of my life. And these are these little seeds that the enemy is trying to feed us, that he wants us to take and plant in that space between our expectation and the manifestation. But God says, According to your faith. Do you know how many times in the Bible when Jesus was healing that he said, according to your faith, you've been made well. Well, let me ask you this. If, if you have a need right now and I asked you to come on up here and I, and I said, I'm going to pray for you. And then you tell me what you need. And I said, according to your faith, be it done. What would that look like in your life? What would that look like? To me, I'm thinking that, that's a sobering thought. Because is my faith at the point where I take God at his word and I trust him exactly for who he said he is and the promises that he's given me in his word? So many times in the New Testament, he says, he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew nine twenty two. he says, daughter, be of good uh, comfort. Your faith has made you whole. He made it clear that we need to have faith. That faith is that vital part of us walking out this life here on earth. But we have to understand that we have the enemy that's running around in this, um, in this world. We know that we have power over the enemy, but he's still, running, he's still running around. I mean, he wreaks havoc all over the place. And it's come in because of sin. And actually, I was reading, um, try to look, where is it? Oh, um, Genesis 317, this is where, um, so I want to say the, the natural world did not change, it, it has not, it's changed, but I want to read it exactly how I wrote it. Um, the natural world itself has not fallen or become disobedient to God. It was man, man brought sin into this world. And so we can see we still have day, we still have night, the sun still rises, the sun still sets. But we have to toil the land. We have to engage in those kinds of things. And that's because man himself brought sin into the world. And this actually comes back to Genesis 3, 17 to 18. And it says, then he said, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. And this one, I'm like, every time I read this, I feel like this makes me want to be very, very careful with the things that I'm encouraging my husband to do and say and behave. Because how many know that women are influential and the things that we say to our, our spouse the things that we say to even to our kids are very very influential and we can see that even back in the garden because you've heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not not eat of it God told Adam directly not to eat of the tree but Eve somehow convinced him regardless of the fact that he was face to face with God and God said don't eat of it but yet she still convinced him so he says I said you shall not eat of it so cursed is the ground for your sake in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life and so we see that's where sin comes in and so sickness is a result a direct result of sin coming into the world through man's actions in that point point. and you know sometimes we can even uh, look into the thought process of spirits of infirmity. Because sometimes there's you know, sickness because of the world that we live in and it's just part of the environment that we live in. But sometimes there is sickness because there is a spirit of infirmity in our lives. And this is something I'm just gonna briefly touch on this. But maybe you've been praying for something for a long time in your life and it hasn't changed. You haven't noticed anything. You've done all of the things that you know to do that the word of God says to do maybe you need to explore that there's a spirit of infirmity, and maybe it's something that months and months and years of prayer can actually be gone with one deliverance session, right? And deliverance is absolutely amazing. It's, you know, being made completely whole in Christ. And so um, we can see actually a lot of um, the book of Matthew, actually roughly half of the healings in Matthew Jesus was dealing with a spirit of infirmity. And uh, we can see even there's a woman, 18 years, this is in Luke 13. For 18 years, she had a spirit of infirmity. That's a long time. And, you know, sometimes, like, I keep saying this, but we, we deal with sicknesses for so long in our lives that we become, it becomes part of our identity. It becomes something that we identify with as ourselves. And we don't see ourselves as anything different without it. it's just we see it as part of ourselves and this this is something that this woman 18 years she was completely bent over and in no way could raise herself up and Jesus looked at her he called her to him and he said woman you are loosed from your infirmity he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God and there's a few things in this that I really want to get into there's not enough time to get into it but she came to him that's the first thing. We need to make sure that we are going to God, right? And then Jesus spoke to her. Jesus didn't say, oh, Father, if it's your will, please, can you do this for her? Which that's a lot of times the way we pray. Father, if it's your will, can you please make them whole? Would you please heal us? We, we speak like that. But every time where Jesus healed somebody in the Bible, do you know what he did? He spoke to them. He spoke to the sickness. He spoke to the person, be it done according to your faith. Let your faith make you whole. And he he would speak to it. He never pleaded to the father for healing. And so um, this brings me to the question of, can somebody lose their healing? You guys ever had that question? You guys ever wondered that? And in short, I'm going to tell you this. The answer is no. You cannot lose your healing because God, we already read, he does not change his mind. He does not say, I will heal you and then I will take it away from you. But what happens, and this is where people get kind of caught up in terminology on this, is that, um, and we can see this, I'm going to read the scripture, John 5, 8 to 14. This is a situation where Jesus heals the man on the Sabbath day and they were all upset with him that Jesus healed this man. But he said to him he said take up rise take up your bed and walk and immediately the man was made well he took up his bed and walked and that day was a Sabbath I'm going to jump down to verse 14 it says afterward Jesus found him in the temple and he said to him see you have been made well sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you and so healing isn't taken away from us but what happens is if we experience God's freedom but we're not filling ourselves up, then we are leaving space and room for the devil to reestablish a foothold in our life and bring worse things into our lives. So, does that mean that we are, you know, that sickness is coming back upon us? No, not necessarily. But it does mean that we are opening up ourselves to the enemy to wreak havoc in our life in any way that he really uh, wants to do. And we can see that the enemy loves to just wreak havoc in our lives how many of you experience just chaos in your life or a horrible situation or anything like that and so the Bible says in Ephesians 4:26 to 27 it says be angry and do not sin do not let the Sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil and the word place there it means to give room quarters or space let us not take that time to just open up ourselves to the enemy and allow him that direct access into our lives. Let's shut it down. Let's allow the Holy Spirit into our lives to close off that opportunity. And one of the things that I really wanna get into, and maybe this, is, maybe this is the hard part, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna step on a little toes, I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things that gives place to the enemy is by not discerning the Lord's body. And I'm going to read a scripture right now. And this scripture is actually one that we use for communion. And it is one when we talk about not discerning the Lord's body, we're talking about or discerning the Lord's body, we're talking about in communion. I'm going to read it. First Corinthians 11, 27 to 32. And it says in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. When it's talking about there is dying. You know, Jesus, when the little girl was, was dead and Jairus' daughter, and Jesus went, he said, she's only sleeping. Well, she had died, but Jesus is like, no. He's referring to sleep as being dead. for if we judge ourselves we would not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world so a lot of times we look at this passage and we think it's directly related to communion and it is we do use that but how is the Lord's body described in the Bible the church we are the body of Christ And so how many times are we bringing discord in amongst us in the body of Christ with one another? How are we bringing, um, you know, uh, judgments and we're bringing criticism towards other fellow believers or other people in general? And this is a way dishonoring, disrespecting other Christians. This is a way that is dishonoring and not discerning the Lord's body. And it says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. How sad would that be if in the church world, there are many that are still sick and hurting and broken because they have a judgmental spirit or they're criticizing one another or they look at one another and they begin to judge on all of the things. And I know, like, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've been guilty of judging people myself before. And, you know, it's nobody wants to be judged. Nobody likes being judged. And the Bible talks about us not being judgmental towards one another. And it says um, in First Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So um, when we do this, when we are walking around dishonoring one another, we're actually staying out of peace. We're not... Actually walking in peace with one another and God has called us to live lives of peace He's called us into a place where we can walk in his full um, Peace and and even in Luke 7 Jesus is forgiving a woman of her sins Luke 7 50 and he tells her actually to go in peace and uh, And then in the following chapter 8 Luke 8 48 He heals the woman with the issue of blood pastor Howie was talking about and gives the same command He said to her daughter be of good cheer of good cheer your faith has made you well go in peace and it actually means to be absent from rage or war and you know just off the top of your head think about how many even petty little things have we engaged in in the body of christ criticizing one another breaking down relationships how many times have churches come against other churches? How many times has, you know, pe- have people just really got, got to a place where they just judge one another? And it's not right. God's called us to walk in peace. He says to us, go in peace. And in James 3.16, it says, where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. And this is where we open the door to the enemy. I don't want to have strife. I don't want to have envy. I don't want to have any of those things in my life. I got to hurry up here. Laugh for a second. It's going to be my new thing now. I mean, it also helps lighten the, lighten the mood too, right? This is a little bit sobering of a message. but. Um, I want to talk about, um, Pastor Howie actually talked about this a little bit, and I'm kind of glad that you brought it up, because then it's not so hard for me to bring it up, but walking in generational curses, right? Um, and, and one of the ways that we walk in curses is by robbing God. The Bible actually talks about this, that, um, I don't know where my scripture is on it. Oh, Malachi 3, 8 to 9, it says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. It says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And you know, tithing is one of those um, touchy subjects because the church has gotten a big rap for just always wanting people's money and just always asking people for money. But the truth is, is that regardless of whether you give your money or not, God will make his church operate. So... When we stand up and here and we say, give your tithes and offerings, we're not saying, please, we need your money. What we are saying is that when you give to God, you are, you are enacting a principle where God is able to go on your behalf and he's able to rebuke the devourer and he will remove every curse that is against your life. So when we are standing here saying, yes, it's time to take up the tithes and offerings, it has absolutely nothing to do with, we need your money. It has everything to do with where you are in your life and what's going on in your personal everyday life, amen? All right, so generational curses. This is something that you know, can, can be a hindrance to being healed as well is that um and and this is one of the things with pastor brian with his missing pectoral muscle he found out that it was a generational thing so it apparently would like skip a generation or something like that but it was down on his mom's side and found out when he was about three years old but generational things sometimes we have to go back and see what what happened in our in our parents lives our grandparents lives or in the generations before us did they do something that brought a curse on and am i walking that out so maybe you struggle with, I don't know, arthritis. Is that something that your parents struggled with or their parents struggled with? Or, and, and for me, it was, it was fear. I had this like horrible, horrible spirit of fear in my life for a long, long time. And it stopped me from doing a lot, a lot of things. And so what I ended up doing, God just freed me one day. It was... In a terrible situation I kind of felt like one of the disciples I was on a boat and there was a a hurricane that was coming and the boat was rocking and I was like god is this it is this my time and every time like I'd be I love cruising but every time I'd go on a boat I would there would be a moment where I'd be like is this my moment is the boat gonna sink and we're gonna be done with this and uh, but in this moment the hurricane is uh, we're going around it but we are getting the wake from it and uh, the boat is really rocking and I'm sitting there Oh my god, I know you haven't called me to live in a spirit of fear and so I began to just write out scriptures and all of a sudden he brought me to peace, be still. And the story with the disciples on the boat and so to, speaking to the wind and rebuking the wind and then speaking to the waves. And so the devil wants to wreak havoc in our lives by putting these, this wind in your life. And this wind is against you, but it's causing these waves to just rise up in your life. And you feel overcome by the waves. But instead of speaking or rebuking the waves, you got to rebuke the wind and speak to the waves. Peace, be still in Jesus' name. And in that moment, all fear left me. And I just like, I I never knew what it was like to not always be afraid. And so when I got home, I called my mom and I told her, I said, God delivered me from fear. And I said, I always thought like this. And she said, I always thought like that. She said, Oma always thought like that too. And my grandparents, they lived through the war. And that's where that spirit of fear came in there. And so in that moment, I knew it was a generational thing. And so even though I had been freed and delivered at that point, I knew enough that I needed to go after that generational curse that was on our bloodline, and I stopped it, and it will not go further. And so sometimes we need to know, is there something that has happened in that way? I'm going to wrap this up right now. We all have authority in Christ. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of us. And we have the power, the power to walk around and to exercise that authority. The thing is is that we don't fully understand the authority and the power that God has given us. And so today, I just let's all stand for a minute. I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up here. I feel like there's too much more to get into. But I feel like there's people in here who you you've been almost nervous to just kind of step out in this area of faith and i believe that we have been called not just individually and not just as a church but as a body of christ i believe that we have been called to an extravagant faith And I believe if we're not going to stand in the gap and and stand up for the things that God has said for his promises and that we're not if we're not going to stand and say, God, we take you at your word. We believe you for what you have said, then I feel like we're we're missing it. We're not walking in complete freedom. We're not walking in his authority. And so I'm going to pray for a great boldness to come upon this house. A great boldness that even as you're walking down the street, if you feel that sense that you need to reach out and pray for somebody. I had this happen the other day. I was in a place, and I, I went to get my nails done is what I went to do. And when I went in there, she had split her lip open that morning. And she says, oh, I think I split my lip open. And, I, and she said, I think I need to go to the doctor. And I looked at her, and her, her lip was... Um, she needed stitches for sure so I said I will come back you go to the doctor you go get stitches but as I went to go walk out I felt the Holy Spirit say you were brought here specifically for this moment so I didn't get my nails done that day but I turned around and I said to her can I pray for you and it took my all because you know sometimes you you walk in you don't know where people are at in their place you don't know where, where their faith is, what they believe or anything. But I just asked her, I said, can I pray for you? And then I thought, you know what? Prayer is something that I have that I can give to others. And I feel that God has called us to a place where we are stepping out in that faith, where we are reaching out to others and we are saying, I'm standing in the gap. Is there something that you need? Is there something that I can pray for you with you and stand in faith. We're in this together. And so I'm gonna pray for a great boldness to come upon this house, that as you are going out into your lives, into your everyday life, that that boldness is just gonna rise up on the inside of you, that faith is gonna take hold of you, and not only are you gonna believe and expect for other people to be healed, but you are gonna take God at his word and believe 100% that God has healed you, body, mind, and soul in Jesus name and you will walk completely free God I thank you for your presence here today God I thank you that you have sent your word and you have healed us father I thank you Lord Jesus for a great boldness to rise up on the inside of us this day and I thank you father for what you have placed on the inside of each and every person at the sound of my voice God I thank you Lord Jesus that you are just pushing people outside of their comfort zone to reach out to say yes God I know you word yes God I will do your word and yes God I will enact your word in Jesus name God I thank you that you are alive I thank you father that this is a miracle moving place in Jesus name that we have people who are standing up in the body of Christ today and saying I am willing to go I am willing to move I am willing to do the hard work God we thank you for every person here at the sound of my voice I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your healing virtue to just flow out through this room right now in Jesus' name. We speak to sicknesses right now. We tell them to be healed in Jesus' name. We speak to arthritis. To, we tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. We speak to uh, diabetes, and we tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that your healing virtue is flowing out from your garment this day, Father, that we are reaching out to you and that we are coming to you, Father, and that we are accepting Expecting you to move in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right. I want to encourage you guys, as we dismiss today, I want to encourage you guys that, um, you know, reach out to somebody. If you know somebody who's hurting, in need, people accept prayer all over the place. And this is, you know, even when we're talking about our lighthouse prayers, is that lighthouse prayer is a, is a very non-threatening way to reach out to people, because saved or not saved, people feel thought of when we pray for them, when we invite them to our, into our homes and we pray for them. So I'm going to encourage you guys, reach out to somebody this week um, and, uh, and walk in God's fullness, his healing. And we will see you guys at the Lighthouse tomorrow night and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then we are excited to kick off um, Easter with Holy Thursday on Thursday. Amen. Have a good day, guys.
1: Welcome to the After Nine Show. We're going to stand, okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Uh, If it's Wednesday and you're just tuning in, this After Nine is taken from Sunday, April 10th service, titled Salvation Brings Healing by Pastor Sherry Shimatero. So we'll be talking about that when my co-host gets over here. I don't think he... This is the problem. When you ask a pastor to co-host with you, He likes people too much, so he talks. But um, I'll share something that blessed me from the service was, I think, uh, let's see, is he coming? I think that something that Pastor Sherry was saying about disappointments and and loss of hope i thought was really powerful because i think that that can apply not just to healing but even to maybe circumstances in our life where we needed an intervention or we needed god to kind of interrupt us so i just want to encourage you today i took that's what i took out of it you know i the the one healing thing i've always been believing for was my eyes my eyes to be healed because i'm very poor in vision (laughs) i wear contacts and glasses and all that but um you know, there's there was a day where I, I you know, I still always believe that he's here. I just said I'm like, the I, worst thing is to ask a pastor to do it with you and then he's hugging everybody. I'm like,
2: Hey do it and I'm like I saw I'm so sorry. It's okay.
1: <laughs> I know I know the I know the importance for you as people and that's good, I'm glad. Um anyway, I was just talking about with the healing and how um, the thing that Pastor Terry was saying about disappointment yeah, and losing your hope and expectation. And I said that can not just be applied to healing, but even like circumstantially, like yeah. when you have stuff in life that you've been waiting for God to do something and it hasn't happened yet. Um, and something I've always been thinking that God would heal was my eyes because uh. I have not great vision. <laughs> <laughs> Like I do this thing where I'll put my glasses down and then I don't, I can't find them. And so I have to be like, Allie, so wait, that's you, why you
2: can't find your keys with a big like no, that's chain. Just because and... <laughs> I
1: misplaced my keys. A lot. Okay, nah. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to say that um, if God doesn't heal me today, tomorrow, you know, 50 years from now, I'm still going to serve and believe in a God that can. Amen. And I just want to encourage that for you today is, grasp onto that hope right Yes. because uh it's not going to do you any good to lose it right well
2: that's like pastor sherry said with pastor brian and the pictorial muscle 40 years 40 years plus probably because he's older than 40 (laughs) but anyways haha but um but but 40 years like 40 years he's still believing and praying for this healing that's faith this is faith whether we receive it or not faith is continually believing in it yeah and and that's that's this is faith this is true faith right there that's right. that was a great message that
1: was really good i think she did really a great good.
2: job yeah there's a lot of things in there that was really good
1: yeah well should yeah. we bring in our yeah uh, for sure
2: i'm waiting this is awesome all
1: right you're up bud oh that's my phone sorry
2: we have pastor howie he was everybody on fire today. you yes. can stand right
1: in the middle you were on fire during prayer this morning <laughs> you would have i think you would have preached your own message i was i was uh, <laughs>
2: gonna be preached by you and Marsha. Don't cover the
1: week. bottom, sorry. Okay.
2: Right. So just a quick little uh, tip with Pastor Howie. He is one somebody who when I first um, came to church and started realizing what being born again, uh, receiving this salvation through Jesus Christ, he's one of the reasons why, I mean through God, but I just wanted to speak and preach the Word of God by the power that this guy would speak it, by the love he would speak it. I'm like, Wow, the Word of God is mighty in this guy, so back then I would pray, um, and this would not probably be s- scriptural or spiritual, but I'd pray for all his anointing
3: on me, you know. <laughs> you can have it. I'm like, I'm like, I want what he has. <laughs> well you know what, that's what it's all about. God giving to you, and you giving to others. When Jesus came, he didn't come come to keep it all to himself he came to give it to others amen and i i didn't expect you to take all my offices and didn't take all <laughs> everything else but you know what I, I really appreciate that because imitation is a sincerest form of flattery and i watched other people and i longed for that gift inside of them to be in me i would watch rw shambach I was at his meeting one time, and my wife just got me this brand-new red suit, white tie, black shirt. I was clean as a board of health. And when they called for the prayer line, I watched. And Brother Shambok didn't have a bottle of oil. He had a five-gallon pail of oil, and he would just dip his hand in there. It would come up and be just dripping all over his fingers. And he would tell people, you don't have any trouble." All you need is faith in God. And he would put his hand on them and impart into them. Well, I watched, and I'm thinking, now, this is the first time I wore this red suit. (laughs) I'm here at the Dade Stevenson Building in Detroit. All these hundreds, thousands of people there. And I'm going to go out of here, not just with a greasy face, but my shirt (laughs) and suit's going to be all full of oil, too. So I let a few people go in front. He put his hand in. And I saw it dripping, and I let a few people behind me go first. <laughs> That's smart. That was smart. That's wisdom. That was wisdom. <laughs> but just when I stood in front of him, he dipped no, his hand back in there no. again and slapped that oil <laughs> all over me. But you know what? I wanted what he had, and I desired that. So it's not wrong for other people to desire what I have because I desired what they had, and they desired what God had. Amen. It's good that's good that was a great message though mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm what do you think what what are some of the key points of uh, the message yeah that pastor sherry taught yeah what does she teach on anyway <laughs> no 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 yeah. well okay to me okay, this is one of the things for me when pastor sherry brought up um the the part where it's like don't just be a, a believer but be a doer yeah or else you're going to be deceived. And that opened up the whole message. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, like that was powerful. That that opened up like even more. Like, I think, uh, yeah, we've, we've done that. Like there's things that I, I believe and do, but then there's things that I believe but I don't do still. Yeah, you know? that's right.
1: That's good.
2: That was good. And it really carried on through the whole message, I thought. <laughs>
1: I agree. And I, I really like like um, the, the questions that she had. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. But how she was like... Um, you know say like let's check your heart let's see where you're at because it's like if there's something that's wrong that can be fixed let's fix it and then we'll continue to believe in faith that god will heal you right like are you giving god your all are you living um your life open with a full and restored heart right and even that little bit that she said about communion you know like it's really examine your heart before you take it and know that um that that there's a lot that God wants to do for you, but we have to make sure that, you know, we read the word, we know the word. What did you guys say during prayer? That your word I have hidden my heart that I might not sin against you, right? right. So there's all these things, and, um, and, and I, I believe in a God that heals, and sometimes I think it's just a matter of timing and, you know, that He has it all down perfectly. Do, 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 do. But for us, our timelines are, you know, 50 years seems like a long time to us, but to God it's nothing, right? So I think it's just continuing to believe and to hope, and that was the thing I took away from the message today, is never losing your hope, never losing your faith that we serve in a God that still parts the seas, you know, still raises the dead, still makes lame legs walk again, right? And so I think it's just continuing to believe in the God of then is still the God of now.
3: Yeah. Amen. See, Abraham, God made a promise to him. And it took quite a little while for it to come to pass. He made a promise to him when he was 75 years old that he was going to give him a son. God waited another 25 years before he brought that to pass. And the scripture says that Abraham considered not the body of Sarah, his wife that was now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. In that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Amen. You have to wait some time for God's promises to come to pass. Amen. But whatever you do, don't give up. Amen. Keep waiting. If you can't fly, run. <laughs> if you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, Amen. keep moving towards your miracles. Amen. That's so good. You're
2: the best. That's so good. So good.
1: You that have anything? Really good. No, that, that, that was Larry that just was, said, how do you follow that up? Yeah, that was
2: good. <laughs> Amen. I want to do a little bobblehead Pastor Howie does, but I can't. There you go. <laughs> I think dropped the mic. We're good. That was awesome. No, it was so good. It was really good. And and Pastor Sherry's message too. It was so good because there was no like yelling and like excitement, but there was passion oh. and belief and power. Amen. It's just, you know, so God just moves in, in in every way, in every step. Like she said, Pastor Sherry said, same yesterday, today, and same tomorrow. Amen. Like, oh, God is so good, man. Amen.
1: That's so great. What's the, what's the point that you can, um, like just a point of encouragement that you can give people? I mean, I think you kind of already touched on it, but um, when things aren't moving at the pace that they were hoping. You know, um, what's something that they can do to continue, because we're saying like, don't stop, don't, like, don't give up. But what's something that they can do, I mean, other than read your word, believe in God, you know, have faith, what's something that they can do to kind of keep that faith strong?
3: Just keep waiting on the Lord, keep reading his word. We, we, we grow and we learn by reading the scripture. Yeah. And from the scripture we learn that we have to keep putting it in us If we want things to keep coming out in order for you to grow, you got to put food in, not just one time, you got to continually put it in. And that's the same thing with faith. Faith has to be fed. Hebrews 11 says that now faith is the substance of things Mm -hmm. hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So just keep having faith, Amen. Faith, faith.
1: that's what i wanted you to say i think that (laughs) (laughs) no but i think that when people get discouraged and that when disappointment comes in then that makes uh, a doorway for you to want to stop reading the word to want to stop believing in god to want to stop pressing in with your quiet time with him and like even pastor sherry was saying today today was a weird day you know a a lot of things changed um we, we we're missing a lot of our team today but We still believe that God's going to do work and this week is this holy week, right? Mm. So if this week you're feeling discouraged if this week you're feeling disappointed or maybe you're feeling like the burden is too Heavy and the pain is too much to be able to feel comforted or to be able to tap in with that intimacy with the Holy Spirit don't quit don't stop like what did you say what Pastor Tony Miller said when the water breaks the baby comes Mm -hmm. right so believe that for this week that we've got those last three days of fasting coming up and if you can't fast just water do something else but really dedicate consecrate your heart to what God is doing for you this week because I think that it's something is gonna be shifting and breaking because the waters have been rough let me tell you right
3: can I finish with what I started I started off by saying When life's trials come your way, lift your head up high and say, hallelujah, anyhow. So if you feel discouraged, you just lift your head up high and say, hallelujah, anyhow. And you watch God move on your behalf. That's
1: awesome. Yay. What do you have to say, Pastor Michael? Anything in
3: closing? Um, No,
2: that was awesome. I I mean, even Pastor Sherry's prayer at the end. Let's just
1: do something really quickly. Don't
2: touch this thing. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, Pastor Sherry's prayer at the end. You know, if you haven't listened to the message, check out the prayer at the end. It really finished it off exactly what you all saying about boldness and that prayer. So it was, it was powerful. And I great just want to message.
1: encourage you all, this is something that we talk about as a team on a weekly basis, that we believe that Inspiration 9 is going to be a, uh, a, a cornerstone of healing and miracles, and that there's going to be a great work that's going to start here in our church. Mm, amen. And we we hold tight to that. So maybe if you aren't able to have the faith for that today, we have it for you. We believe that our house is going to be one that's going to have miracles coming and testimonies to be told and God's glory to be uh, just
3: revealed, revealed, revealed and shown. throughout yep. the
1: nation. So I just want to stand on that today. And that I'm really excited. I think this fast is going to be uh, the turning point for a lot of things in our church. And
2: that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's <laughs> awesome. Amen.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you tomorrow at 710 at the Lighthouse. Um, and then, yeah, Tuesday at 7 a.m. Yeah. So But and then, what do you have to say?
2: And Thursday back oh, yeah. here, Friday and Sunday.
1: That's right. All Woo. of those messages will be on our Facebook and Instagram. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I think that's all we have for you today. I am Sarah. We have Pastor Howie Mulder and Pastor Michael Yacobelli. We wish you the best Sunday of your life. <laughs> Amen.